All right. Are we doing it? Doing it. We're making it. Thank you, everyone, for giving us some grace. I admit I got a little carried away on Monday and Memorial Day. Uh, my voice got very hoarse from screaming during a wiffle ball game. Uh, and Wiffle ball always brings out your like <laughs> uber competitive side and you get real intense. You know, of all things, it's wiffle ball that brings out my uh, passionate side. It is not like the traditional football, <laughs> basketball. I know. It is wiffle ball. Yeah, yeah. So I recorded Tuesday's episode of the Commuter Devotional on Monday night, and I was like, I don't think I have it in me to do Imperfect Family 2. So we decided to take a couple days just to let my golden voice recover. <laughs> <laughs> Your angelic <laughs> voice. Okay. Well, you ready to go? Let's do this. Hello, I'm Chuck. And I'm Ellen. And this is Imperfect Family, where we try to pursue biblical, theological, and creative ways to uphold the supremacy of God in marriage and parenting. This podcast is mostly unscripted, and it's just the two of us trying to work through and talk through issues that Christian families might face. Today's episode is Save Your Summer. Okay, well, uh, we are officially on summer break in our household. Woohoo! Ellen is a uh, kindergarten teacher. She finished up on Friday. I'm a seminary student. I also finished up on Friday, and we are, we've got summer and ahead of us. And we have our our oldest kid had his. He was in kindergarten this year. So, as parents and ourselves, it's our first time like officially on summer break all at the same time. Yeah, it feels so good, so good. Monday was Memorial Day. Obviously, we had a great day off, but Tuesday felt like the first day of summer, and it felt amazing. For me, I think I still feel like I'm on like spring break where like on this coming Monday, like I still have to go back. And I think that's when it's going to hit me of like, oh my gosh, I get like two more months of this. Right, right. Because actually there's this guilt I feel as a seminary student that if I'm not working on school, I'm wasting my time. And so Tuesday, yesterday, I was, uh, I had a little bit of that lingering of like, oh, I, I need to do school. But there was no school to do. Definitely. I, I got to a Sunday night and I was like, oh, I need to like finalize my lesson plans for the week. Wait a minute. No, I don't. So we just have been going out for ice cream and staying up late and, you know. In our one day of spring break, we yes, stayed up late and got break. ice cream. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Um, hey, listen, heads up, you guys. Uh, we got new mic stands and I know that doesn't seem like a big deal to you to you guys but for us it's actually an adjustment so if you hear banging and stuff in the background it's us adjusting our mics and they pick up different sounds on the table and yeah. whatnot so you know what i love about this new mic stand is i can directly see you while we're talking right yes. now and i'm not just like talking to a stick because that's that what was good. between us before <laughs> i've had a little bit more practice because i've been using it for commuter devotional but yeah feels yeah. good it, it's an upgrade but you're right it is an adjustment to get used to them but i'm really excited about them i want you guys to all just imagine that Ellen and I have been recording the Imperfect Family podcast for um, a while. I think this is episode eight or nine or 10 or something like that. So like over two months. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is the first one we get to look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our episode today is going to be about summer break. How do we as parents, as husbands and wives, think through our summer break and um, not let it go to waste? Yeah, I think this is the first year that all of our family are kind of all on break at one time. Normally, like one of us has to continue working or the kids are involved in some activity or something. But this is the first year that all of us are. So really, it's like 
our first time fully thinking through this. Um, but we're going to be talking about like not just people who have breaks from school, but a lot of small groups go on break for summer at church or Sunday school classes and stuff. So I think summer just looks different in different areas. So just like how do we think through that yeah. in general? Kind of two, two things that we've been thinking about. So number one is summer does, I don't always has felt like a refreshing time for me. Like it's almost like a new year when New Year's rolls around, you're just so motivated to do something new and get things done. And summer always sort of feels like that. So how do we capitalize um, on the momentum and the motivation that we have for summer to not let it go by without doing something? Um, how do we save our summer? And then the second thing is, is that a lot of times summer can turn, if, if you have kids who are on summer break, summer can turn into, hey, we lay around on the couch, we watch TV, we play outside, we relax. And that is our summer. And on the flip side, like that's also, um, I mean, th th don't get me wrong. We are looking forward to relaxing. <laughs> like we said, we've been going out for ice cream every night. <laughs> <laughs> every, every one night of summer break so far. <laughs> um, but just because it's summer break doesn't mean that we can't use this time to further the kingdom, do a good job of reinforcing and encouraging good things in our marriage and raising our children up in the faith and using summer break as a time with less busyness, less stress, to focus on the things that we really want to focus on as a family. So we're going to talk about, I think we have four things that we had written up, two for husbands and wives and two as parents, right? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, uh, let's start with marriage. So what are, what are some creative things that husbands and wives can do during summer break to use the momentum that they have and the motivation to make some changes, what would you, what's the first thing you would suggest as a way, as a thing you could do this summer to save your summer? So, you know me, I love making lists of things. So when we started talking about this topic, I just pulled out my pen and paper and just wrote down like literally everything that came to mind. And the first one, I think this is something that we have struggled with really since we got married. Um, and it's just anytime there's a new time for setting goals and things, I think this is something that comes up in conversation of, okay, how can we be better about this. And it's just you and I having devotional and prayer time together um, as a couple. I think we do it well individually, but you and I together um, as a married couple don't have a good routine in that. And so I think anytime it comes to like New Year's resolutions or summer goals or whatever, this is kind of the first thing that pops into our minds of how could we restructure our schedule a little bit to make this more of a priority. I'm excited about this. We, we've uh, we have done this in the course of our marriage, but we've never been consistent. And on one hand, I'm okay with that. Or, hold on, let me say it backwards. On one hand, that frustrates me because I want to sit at the end of our lives and be like, we've been married for 35, 40 years, however long, and we've prayed together for 25 of them. You know, I want to be there. And in the other, in the other side of things, like I am also sort of okay with it. Because um, we have been doing it off and on, off and on, spending time together. But this, is a, this has been a period of time where we've been really bad at it. So I'm, I'm excited this summer to get those routines back in place and even just spend the summer together, just praying together and spending time in devotions. Um, on the commuter devotional, we just finished Mark. And I've, I've made it my goal this year outside of commuter devotional to just do 
devotions only in the book of Mark this year. And so I've been reading it and breaking it down and rereading it and reading commentaries on it. And a thought occurred to Ellen and I, well, why not do it together? So Ellen and I are going to go through Mark together devotionally this summer. Yeah, I think this is the first time in a while, I don't know how long, that you and I kind of have a very similar schedule. And I think that I'm anxious to just like embrace that because there are many seasons where our schedules are kind of opposite or different things are going on. But like right now, you and I are in a pretty good rhythm as far as just spending time together. So like let's embrace that time and use it well and like read the word and pray together because we're already spending that time together anyway. Yeah. It's especially in summertime, you know, even even if your life really doesn't change, let's let's say you maybe don't have kids. You're just you're unmarried. You have your spouse. You guys are working. Summer doesn't really affect you. There is a sense of slowing down that happens in summertime. I think just naturally. I could be totally wrong about this, but even if I'm not. It's certainly been true for our family over the years, even without us having the routine that we have right now. Summer is just. We take a breath in summer finally. Yeah. yeah. And so this is going to, this would just be a great time to try to form this habit with your spouse. Um, It can't do, even if you fail and you only do it, you know, for two weeks, that two weeks is worth it. So let's go for it. We have some friends who they've been married for, I don't know, 15 years now, maybe. And I remember we were in small group with them maybe five years ago and they, they came to small group just very heavy hearted. And they were like, oh, we really need some prayer right now. For the last 10 years of our marriage, we've prayed together before bed every single night. Like the last two weeks, we've missed like three nights in a row. And they were just like so broken up about it. And I remember being like, okay, that's not that big of a deal. But like I long for that in our marriage that just like something is so off when we're not going through that routine together because it's just so ingrained in how we end our day or how we begin our day or whatever it is. I I just long for that to be normal for us yeah, and more natural, I think. Me too. Me too. Okay. All right. Second thing. So for married couples this summer, uh, a good way to save your summer is have a state of the union conversation. <laughs> that sounds so intense. <laughs> yeah. No. So we call, I mean, we could call it state of the union. We could call it state of the marriage, but a very formal uh, set aside time where husbands and wives get some time alone to actually talk about marriage, talk about all the aspects, talk about communication, talk about decision making, talk about intimacy, talk about finances, um, anything, anything, just lay it all on the table. Again, life is crazy. I mean, it just feels like there's no time to, sp- I mean, at least for Ellen and I, it's like we barely get to connect each day for 10 minutes to just talk about our day, much less to have a sit down, formal, scheduled. I mean, scheduled sounds so. Just set aside time. Right, I think right, you right. Mean. Not, not like, yeah. Right. And to just lay it all out. Lay it all out and have a state of, the, state of the marriage conversation. Yeah, I think to me that sounds like several of those topics that you brought up, like maybe need a little bit of pre- like finances. Maybe you would kind of have to prep for that conversation a little bit. Like let's really look at our investments and our banking account and this and that. Like wondering if it would be good to do like multiple sessions of this almost like hey this week we're going to talk about finances next week we'll talk about intimacy just break it up a little bit because you're right that would be so hard to sit down and be like we're having a three-hour conversation yeah i remember a couple podcasts ago or we might have actually mentioned it in a couple is like sometimes as as husbands and wives we just fall into rhythms and so we start disciplining our kids in a specific way but we don't 
for a long time, sit down and take a step back and say, okay, why are we disciplining our kids in this way? Can we talk about it? Can we talk about if this is still working? And instead, we just fall into these rhythms that could last a really, really long time without ever taking the time to talk about it. You know, another good example is, is spending money. You know, you can fall into a rhythm of um, going out to eat every Sunday after church and it's breaking your budget, but that's the pattern and we never get to stop and talk about it. Yeah, I think too, there's like, there are certain topics that maybe only come up in the heat of an argument where you're like, you always do this and it drives me crazy. We're like, is that really something that bothers you that much? Like if it is, then have it in this scheduled time. Like, hey, you always leave your towel on the bathroom floor and it drives me crazy. <laughs> like instead of having that be a heat of the month, you don't do that. That was just an example. But you do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always clean up the towels and I don't leave you one. That's what I do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> We're just laying it all on the table here, folks. Yeah, that's. Anyway, yeah. There, there are things that. In the heat of a moment, like it might come up, but it's something that genuinely needs to be talked about in a calm, structured time of like, hey, you tend to do this and like it irritates me or I don't feel like you help with laundry enough or, you know, whatever it is like these are great times to have those conversations. So we have kind of done this in the past in like small conversations, but I'm excited to kind of hash it out a little deeper this summer. All right, so two things so far. So number one, um, what was number one? Number one was start a Bible study oh, yeah. and prayer routine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting so distracted looking at you. You're just so beautiful. I can't even remember what we were talking about. Oh my goodness. This Bible study is really on like the forefront of your mind. We all can tell. Um, okay, number one, uh, start consistent Bible study, devotional time per time with your spouse. Number two, have a state of the marriage, state of the union conversation or multiple. Okay, so let's do two um, parenting one. Yeah, so as, as I was making my list, you and I were kind of processing through this and there's one that you are really excited to talk about. Um, I feel like we've already really talked about it on the podcast, but you're right, it's, a, it's an important one and that is to start family worship if that's something you haven't already done. So like we already mentioned, summer... Things just slow down. Bedtimes don't have to be as strict because kids don't have to be up for school and all these things. So if family worship is not part of your routine, this would be a good time to start it. Um, I don't think we need to hash out all the details of that now. You can go back and listen to our other episode. But Agreed. Yeah, I am excited about this one. I think for all the reasons we already mentioned, um, you know, life slows down. The kids are home. There's not necessarily super strict bedtimes because it's a school night. There's almost no excuse to not do family worship in the summer except out of neglect or forgetfulness, um, you know, or become more consistent in doing family worship. You know, um, in the summertime, we, we this is what one of the things that we did last summer and it was great. We moved into our new house and it was near the end of summer. It was starting to get cool. We'd throw on a bonfire and we would have family worship outside around the fire. Um, sing some songs, a little extra time out there. It was a great, great time. Um, and you guys all know how we feel about family worship. I think it's episode three. Something like that, three I, or four. I think it's three or four. If you want to um, learn more about it or you don't know at all what we're talking about, go listen to that episode and we just kind of talk through what family worship looks like, how we do it as a family, um, kind of our motivation behind it. And yeah, summer's a great time. 
to start or get more consistent with family worship. Yeah, I think they say, what is it that like if you do something for 30 days, it becomes a habit. And so I think summer is a perfect time for like you could do that for 30 days in the summertime. And then it's already kind of ingrained in your routine going into the school year Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you might have to start bedtime routine 10 minutes early to still get the kids to bed on time, but it's totally worth it. And you'll see that throughout the summer. Yeah. All right. Great. What's the other one? Okay. So as I wrote this one down, I think this was the teacher side in me coming out probably where I was like, I don't want to like let the kids academics slip up this summer. So I was thinking through like having them read books or practice their writing and things like that. So this is what I came up with is having them intentionally using their writing skills to write letters to folks. And the two groups of people that came to mind were one, shut-ins from church, um, which isn't incredibly prominent in our church community, but I know for a lot of churches it, it is where, you know, you might have folks in nursing homes or whatever it is, hospitals, and um, they're lonely and they just want to hear from people. So have your kids just write them a note of like, hey, we're thinking about you and we're praying for you. Like, God bless you. Here's a Bible verse or something simple like that. And then the other group I was thinking of is missionaries. Um, probably the same thing of they just want communication, I'm sure, and just encouragement, knowing that folks back home are praying for them. So, you know, our church has missionaries that we sponsor, and certainly there's correspondence between us and them to some degree, but not from every church member. I think that would just be such an encouragement to them to receive letters from families, just reminding them that they're surrounded in prayer daily. Yeah. As part of our um, mission statement as an Imperfect Family podcast is thinking through Biblical, theological, and creative ways to uphold the supremacy of God in marriage and parenting. And I feel like you nailed it on creative. This is, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, ooh. Uh, and then you explained it, and it just made perfect sense. Like, um, this could be for kids of any age, like little kids learning to put sentences together, or high school students who are just learning how to formally write. Yeah, and it's, even if your kid can't write yet, you know, have them color a picture and you write a letter just to yeah. say like, hey, as a family, we talked about you today and we prayed for you. And here's a picture from our three-year-old. Right. Summers. Summers can be a time where we work hard academically all year. And then in the summer, we start to slack. Let's not do that. And then on top of that, we're starting to form spiritual patterns in our lives. So I love it, Ellen. This was a, this was a great one. Um, okay. Anything you want to add about these four things? No, I don't I don't think so. I'll just add on to that last one. I think like as we're thinking through academics, it's important for our kids to understand that the reason we're learning to read and write anyway is to glorify God. And I think this is a great way to emphasize that to them of like, we're not just learning to write so that we can write research papers or book reports or whatever. Like we can use the power of the pen to encourage the saints. I love it. I- Here's the thing, you guys, uh, for you, you all who listen, I mean, you don't have to do these four things, but what we want to try to do is just convey this message of let's not let summer just slip by. Um, and at the end of summer, when school starts up, we realize we've wasted our summer. Uh, we don't want to be there. Think about like verses like in, in the beginning of Jude when he says, we're contending for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Like contending just has this this connotation behind it of it's not passive. We're actively advancing our faith in whatever ways we can. And so we try to think through just four creative ways. But for you, 
maybe none of these are none of these excite you, but we, we would still say like, let's not let summer go by. Save the summer. Use it for the advancement of the kingdom of God. That's what this podcast is about, and we just wanted to try to kick off summer in the best way possible. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want this to sound like we're having this super structured, very you know, by the book summer. We're still gonna have just a fun summer where we relax and we do have bonfires and things like that. But like, I don't want the summer to go by without us having this conversation. So I'm hoping this is helpful to people. Like you said, these four things might not be what what people want to do, but just to see how we processed through it, I hope is helpful to other families. All right. Ready for your John Piper question of the week? I am. I always get just a little bit nervous before these, but well, I'm ready. <laughs> we, we really haven't done this in like two episodes, except the last episode was like a whole John Piper it was question. like a 30 minute um, John Piper yeah. shout out. All right. This, this one is, uh, so just a review. John Piper has this really great, huge list of questions to ask before you get married. And they're super pastoral, super specific, just making sure that before you jump into the covenant of, of marriage, um, two people who are engaged have thought through a lot of things. And so one of the questions is, who is the breadwinner? Oh man, this is such a complicated question for our family. It is right now, yeah. Um, I I mean, mathematically, I think technically I'm the breadwinner right now. But let's see, how do we answer this question? So, I think ours is more not who's going to make more money, but like our family has kind of chosen that you and I have careers where we don't make a lot of money. So there are certain sacrifices that, as a family, we have to make. And we just have to think through those decisions of what gets cut where to make the pieces that we need to fit, fit. So for example, like we choose to send our kids to private school um, and that is a priority to us, but there are certain things we have to move around to do that. So yeah, this one. So, I mean, for all of our marriage, I was the breadwinner until like a year ago. Yeah. Um. So once once I dove into seminary and we moved back who, to Ohio, things changed. Ellen, I think, makes a little bit more than me now. Um, but we both work full-time. Um, we both... At multiple jobs. Well, yeah, we both work <laughs> full-time at multiple jobs. I, well, for me, it's like I work two part-time jobs that ends up being yeah. full-time. Um, and then we do this ministry. And that's that's good enough for us. Like, we don't, you know... We don't desire to be super, super wealthy. We want to be faithful with what's been given to us. And I think we are doing a good job with that. Um, we've never had need. And um, yeah, I mean, I think probably once seminary is over, things will switch again. But right now that just takes up so much time. <laughs> it does. <laughs> you, you work so hard. Yeah. Interesting question. I think there are multiple right answers. But the thing is, that's most important is that it gets talked about because uh, I think that one of the bad things could be is getting into a marriage and that area is unclear or expectations weren't talked about. Um, yeah. yeah so. And I think this is a, a conversation that needs to be had more than one time. I think of just, you know, I got a new job. Is that okay that we're pursuing this and things are changing? Just you're not going to stay at the same career forever. I mean, maybe some people do. For our family, that has not been the case. Um, but just revisiting this conversation as things change within the family. Yeah. All right. What's your quote for me? 
this week? So this one, I have to like kind of describe it to you because it actually was a picture. Oh, okay. Um, I wish we had like a way to show people what it looks like. I'll do my best to describe it. So you know those cute little boards that you can like change the letters out and yeah. people put it like in their kitchen with yeah, little yeah, yeah. Bible verses. So it's one of those. And it just said, dear Lord, and had this crazy squiggly line over the whole thing. And then it said, amen at the bottom. Does that make sense? What it, yeah. what it was depicting? Yeah. So okay. a prayer. Um, but it was just like chaos in the middle. Like this line was like a whole bowl of spaghetti sure. noodles spilled on there. And okay, that is interesting. Um, hmm. I think C.S. Lewis. I can't remember. I went through a binge of him a few years ago, and he talked about. I think it might have been in Screw Tape Letters. He talks about how um, the Lord knows the desires of our heart before we even speak them. And, and of course, we know that from Psalm 139, and we know that's a biblical thing. But he described it as um, we could pray without saying anything. Um, and just, if I remember right, it's like, I mean, kind of mystical, or I don't know how to describe it, but like just sitting in reflecting on your own emotions and all the things before God, all the things going on in, in your heart before God. And I get what C.S. Lewis is trying to say, and I agree with him to a certain extent. Like, there are times when, man, uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm a little overwhelmed, you know, or, or whatever. However, the Lord did teach us to pray in Scripture. Um, he gave us a format to pray. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, overwhelmed by grief and suffering and stress and everything, uh, he still used words uh, in a structured way to pray to his Father. So, um, it's hard to disagree or agree with it, but I think I think I think using words in a specific way is the way we've been taught to pray in Scripture. I think as I was thinking through it, like I, there are certainly different ways that even with you, I talk different ways. You know, if, if I'm just shooting you a text, I'm going to talk to you one way, where if I'm doing our wedding vows, I'm going to be talking a different way. Like there are different, there's just different levels of formality maybe in different circumstances as I'm thinking through, you know, my relationship with you or with our kids. And I think that for me, prayer is similar where like, there are times when I am before the Lord pleading about something, maybe the salvation of a friend or something like that, where that's going to look very different than I'm in the middle of a really crazy situation. And in that moment, I'm just praying in my mind, like, Lord, help me get through this moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that more for me, like, I think you're right that words are still necessary, even if it's saying like, Lord, I don't know what to say right now. Like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I think it's still important to just like verbalize that. Yeah. And just be truthful about what's going on in your heart cuz he knows it anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, when I think about our kids, um I think a good way to think about our relationship with God can be to think about he's the father, we're the child. And like there are times where our kids come and sit on my lap and they don't say anything and they just sit. And as a dad, I know they're upset. I know what they're going through. Um, and in like a, 
for what it's worth, I can hear them, you know, like even though they're not saying anything. And I think that's what C.S. Lewis is trying to say. And maybe that's what this picture you saw is trying to say. But I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, words, some sort of format or structure is, yeah. is how we've been taught to pray in scripture. I think I would, I would, I would push, I would push that. Yeah, I, as you're going through that example, I think like if that were your only relationship with our kids, like that's alarming to me. Sure. But like you're right. There are times when like that's an appropriate thing to be happening of like, hey, it's been a hard day. Like I just need to sit with dad. Mm. And I think that's great. But if that were your only thing, like that's there's something wrong with that. And I think prayer would be similar of like if you can never find the words to say mm. there's something wrong. Yeah. Maybe maybe the picture was trying to say something completely different and we're misinterpreting it, but maybe it was like an optical illusion and we were <laughs> supposed to like figure out what it maybe it did say something after a all. Word puzzle. Um all right, my friends, thanks for giving us some grace this week, letting us post a little early or late. I've listen in like three hundred episodes of Commuter Devotional, we've never missed one or post one late. Um but in nine or eight episodes of Imperfect Family, uh something came up. We'll try not to let it happen again. Deal. Thanks for being flexible with us. We do appreciate it. <laughs> but yes, hopefully it doesn't happen again. We have a huge announcement coming up um, very soon. So probably next episode we will, um, we've got something huge to talk about. So um, we're not pregnant. That's. Commuter Ministries has something big to announce. <laughs> yes. Not our family. <laughs> <laughs> Commuter. I know some of my family listens to this and they'll be like, oh. Uh, so. Uh, Commuter Ministries has a huge announcement coming up probably in our next episode. So um, check with us next time. And yeah, we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. This podcast is part of Commuter Ministries. For more information about Commuter Ministries, visit us at www.commuterministries.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Commuter Ministries. Commuter Ministries.